Good morning, everybody. It is June 11th, and you're listening to the Unexpected Undertaking podcast. It's just me today. Aaron is working, um, and I wanted to have a special episode, I guess, go up. Um, It's been a couple of weeks since the murder of George Floyd. There have been protests um, and uprisings worldwide at this point, Um, and I wanted to discuss how white people, pretty much specifically, um, and non-black people of color can become better allies and finally like reach their final form of an accomplice which is what we need we like that we love that um and kind of go into some of the differences between performative allyship and all of that stuff um but first a little bit of backstory um so growing up I did not always know (laughs) the difference between my race and my ethnicity and my nationality. Um, And I was asked all the time, uh, what are you? Which I know is a question that many people get, um, especially if you look, I hate this word so much, but exotic. Um, And uh, the response was always, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, um, because when I was growing up, I, the blackness in me was corrected to Puerto Rican. Like, I have this dark skin because I'm Puerto Rican. Um, (laughs) I have this curly hair because I'm Puerto Rican. Um, but I grew up as the Negrita, and if you are an Afro-Latinx, <laughs> then you know <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, and I was not one, oh, I was the only one in, like, my immediate family, which is who I spent the most time with. Like, we lived in Hawaii while our family was predominantly in New York City or in where we live now in central New York. Um, So I spent a lot of my formative years um, kind of isolated away from them. And so um, I didn't have them to talk to about like uh, how I could possibly be both black and Puerto Rican. Um, But there was a lot of that growing up. And so being the only person who, the only sibling of mine who looked like this, I felt a lot of shame in having this dark skin. I was teased, like, mercilessly in Hawaii quite frequently um, because of, like, how dark I would get. And my hair was never done right because, I mean, Like, frankly, my mom really didn't take the kind of time that she maybe needed to, or maybe I would have appreciated, not needed to, but I would have appreciated to um, find ways to better care for and style my hair. Like, that was kind of left up to me, and I didn't know what I was doing either. Um, So I was made fun of because of a lot of things, but mostly the color of my skin and the way that my hair grew from my head. Um... And so there was a lot of shame. And I was raised in a, in, in, and unknowingly, they didn't know what they were doing, um, which is not an excuse, obviously, but um, it was a very anti-black community, a lot of anti-black sentiment being like kind of instilled. And so, and, and then, of course, there's society. You know, black is bad. Black is ugly. Um, European beauty standards, all of this other stuff. And so growing up, it took me a very, very long time to, one, really understand that I am black and Puerto Rican. I am both. And also, you know, let go of the things that were told to me um, that were bad about being black. Um and, uh, I mean, I, that's, 
it's it's not something that I'm still really working on for myself because that is one of the first parts of like shadow work that I did and healed. Um, but just so that you can understand, I've definitely been in this situation, maybe not to this extent where I'm sitting in discomfort and realizing that some of the things that I'd come to know, some of the things that I had learned were racist or were harmful and hurtful. Um, so I understand what it's like to have to take a very good look at yourself and, you know, <laughs> be wrong. Um, and that as an Aries is hard for me, <laughs> being wrong. Um, and I, I, I can understand like where you are now. Like you're, you're probably just learning that this is happening, even though black people have been bleeding over this and screaming at you for years, you are finally seeing it and you're finally acknowledging it. Um, and now you are learning the rest of it. You're understanding that racism is not the textbook definition that you've probably, you know, referred back to often. It is nuanced and it is difficult and there's a lot of things that make racism racism. And now you're having to sit with yourself and be like, oh shit, I have been awful here. I have not been doing right by my, you know, these people, these black people that I call friends, my neighbors. Um, and that's hard, okay? <laughs> like, I, I, I want to say that for that, I have empathy. But I also want to say very plainly that I am kind of sick of white people's shit. Um, and that's not why Aaron is not here. <laughs> Um, I had originally wanted to make this episode by myself, um, but then I realized that, you know what, nobody listens to black women. I've been this my whole life, and just 36 years of experience tells me that nobody's going to listen. So um, then I brought Aaron in, and we tried to have this discussion on it, but I kept having my train of thought derailed, and... Um, so we will have another episode on this with his input later on, um, but y'all gonna listen today. So this is a, this is what we're doing. Um, I I am really sick of having to coddle white people and having to hold their hands as they dip their toes um, in the waters of protest. I this is another reason why I'm doing this episode so that you can listen to it and like find the better way to be uh, an ally and an accomplice on your own. Um, I know that other black folk are also sick of it. They are putting in the fucking work. They have been putting in the work. It is constant, constant effort. It is exhausting. And, you know, like we're going to put this out there and I'm sure among many other voices and like hopefully you guys get some insight. Um, all right, so first of all, let's go back to the fact that racism is not the dictionary definition of racism. It's not just saying, oh, well, I hate black people and that's definitely racist. It's like, if I don't say that, then I'm not racist. That's just not how it goes. There are a lot of aspects of racism. Um, and I might say words that you can pause and go Google them because I'm not going to get into every single definition of this. Like, you are learning now that racism is not just the Oxford definition. Like, you've got to go do some damn work yourself. So things like microaggressions are also part of racism. Stereotypes are rooted in <laughs> racist ideas of what people are and what they do. Um, and that all contributes to racism. 
uh, one of the bigger things that contributes and I see a lot, especially these days, is this colorblind ideology of I don't see color, I don't see race, I don't, you know, I see us all as human. That is harmful um, because you, you have to, like you can't not see race. You have to see race. You have to see color and all that it implies. And you have to be, like, you have to acknowledge that so that you can do right by people. Because if you're just ignoring that these things, I think I saw a thing, uh, uh, like a sign, a protest sign that had a bunch of, like, grayscale um, bits of color. And it's like, if you don't see color, and then on the other one, there's shades of, like, skin tone just in various, you know, um, hues. And it's like, then you can't see patterns. And I, that's super oversimplified. I think that is the best way to explain that. Um, if you don't see color, you don't see what's going on. You can't acknowledge what's happening to black people around the country, around the world. Um, and you're never going to do right by them. Frankly, that's that. I 100% believe that white people are all, every single one of you are inherently racist. All of you every single one of you, including the man who lives in my house, all of you. Um, like, he is not an exception. <laughs> um, and you cannot, you can't say, well, I don't think about race and I'm an anti-racist. That's just, no, that's not how that works. In order to, in order to really be anti-racist, you have to sit with yourself and find every single way that you have been racist and you need to like atone for that shit. You need to like really sit there and do that work and then you can do better. You have to acknowledge race. You have to. You have to acknowledge color. You have to acknowledge these differences. I know that deep down we're all human and we bleed red blood and that's all great, but we are all treated differently in society. And you need to acknowledge that. You have to see that. You are not an anti-racist by not seeing color. In fact, that makes you racist. <laughs> so don't do that. That's wrong. <laughs> um, and, um, and like I said, I honestly, all white people are inherently racist. You have to sit with that. If that makes you uncomfortable, if that makes you angry, good. Like, good. Deal with that. Sit down and think about all the ways that you maybe have said to a black woman or, the, you know, or a black man, wow, you're so articulate, or um, you're pretty for a black girl, or any number of things that, you know, you are expecting a black person to be and you find a black person who doesn't fit that idea and you're like, oh, look, you're not like the other black people that we've been told exist. Like, that is racism. Those are microaggressions. These are things you have to, you've perpetuated. This is harm. You've perpetuated racism. You've perpetuated. So sit with that. Like, you can stop right here, take a goddamn minute, and you can sit with that. Um, <laughs> you have to acknowledge race at large so that you can be anti-racist. You have to acknowledge your, your, um, your hand in this so that you can be anti-racist. Straight up, full stop, you gotta start there. That's step one, and that sucks. <laughs> That's a very hard step. Um, as someone who has lived in and around like anti-black rhetoric, um, it has definitely been one of the hardest parts of my journey um, is you know, really letting go of those things and sitting with myself and apologizing to those people who are hurt. Um, definitely some, definitely some hard shit. Um, but you got to do it. If you are really, truly trying to be an ally, even, and I honestly, allies are shit. I'm sorry, straight, straight up allies are nothing. I don't want an ally in my life. I need an accomplice. And if you can't be that, then I honestly have very little time for you. Um, and so if this is what you want, if you really want to be, you know, a fighter for equity, then you have to start there. You have to. Um, as I noted, it's been a couple of weeks since the murder of George Floyd and um, the subsequent uh, protests. I have been incredibly shocked and awed by a lot of my own friends 
who have, you know, gone out there with their signs and their fight and their ferocity. And um, I know that this is definitely seen a lot more white people participation than some protests and uprisings in the past. Um, I'm not going to say that I appreciate that because y'all should have been there already. Um, But realizing that this is very new for everyone, I want you to know very clearly that this is just the beginning. Like, this is nothing. I know you've been at this for a couple of weeks. You're probably organizing things. You're still going to protests. Every day there's a protest somewhere. Um, Maybe you are doing a lot of petition signing. Maybe you're doing a lot of donating. Like, do not exhaust yourself all now because we're going to be at this for a while. Change is only just beginning to happen and it's not even all happening the right way. Like New York City banned chokeholds that they already banned in 1993. So like we're just being offered these nominal token gestures of absolute nothingness and like Some of y'all are like, oh, well, we did it. We're good. (laughs) These three cops are arrested. The four cops all together are arrested. We got the murder charge bumped. We're doing great. We're done here. Like, no, this is, this is a long time. (laughs) This is a long fight. So I know you think that you are probably climbing the highest of mountains and you feel like you're probably at least, I don't know, halfway there. You are not. You're right at the very base of this mountain and like... So my suggestion to you is to take rest. And that's necessary. You have to stop and recharge and recuperate. And then you have to come back. Like, it's okay if it takes you a little bit. Like, I'm not talking like a year. (laughs) But, you know, you take a couple of days off, whatever, and then you get right back into it. It's okay to rest. Um, and like black folk, I'm, it's really talking to you here. Like we're the ones that are busting ass, bending over backwards constantly. We are the target of attacks and threats and we are just constantly like stress response to all of this. Like I know that it's our lives at stake, but like it's okay to take a day. It's okay to take a rest. Um, and so please do that. Um, that is like absolutely important, um, for all of us. (laughs) Um, uh, another point that I would like to make and something that has been asked of me quite frequently is, um, like what to do if you're afraid. Um, I've got a lot of people who have asked about, um, like talking to their own children and stuff like that um, and how they're kind of worried about doing it wrong and like you're gonna get it wrong that's okay like just take what you know and do it anyway talk anyway and do it frequently do it all the time like one of to be on a personal level Like, one of our, mine and Aaron's, biggest parts of contention here is that he does not talk to his children about racism enough. Not nearly enough. And my children also live here. And, like, my children are tiny little Afro-Latinx children (laughs) and are going to, you know, have racism like uh, as a part of their day pretty much every fucking day so like if my kids have learned that there are rules for them like they're not allowed to play with guns they can't even play with squirt guns I think that their father bought them super soakers recently or like in the last couple years but like they are like mostly heavily supervised Um, but here with me, when they're with me, they cannot play with guns or weaponry of any kind that might be mistaken for something real or might be used as an excuse to justify their murder. Like if I have to set rules for my children (laughs) like this, then you can talk to your kids about racism. Recently, there was a tweet. I don't remember who said it and I don't care. Um, they'd said, 
talking to my five-year-old about racism is not fun or something to that effect. Like at five years old, my kids knew that like if they're going to wear a hoodie, they can't wear it with the hood up in certain places. Like at five years old, they knew that. These are rules that we have instituted and we have like hammered into them like at toddlerhood. And you're waiting until five years old to even have a not fun talk with your children. You're doing it wrong. This is bullshit. Talk to your kids all the time all the time about racism, not just when something tragic happens, not just when there's an uprising, but every single time. You think about it, which you should be doing frequently. Like, talk about it. If your kid is like, oh, I learned a new TikTok dance. Oh, that's great. Most people who are making these or creating these dances are black youths. So who created the dance? Find out. How are you honoring that person if you're doing the TikTok dance on TikTok? You know, make sure that you are teaching your kids about cultural appropriation. Um, Your kid walks around and says something that is known AAVE. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, hey, you said this and this is where this is from. Um, You know, learn something new yourself and then teach it to your children read them books. There are books by black authors. There are books that feature black children, children of color. Pick those books up, read them to your children early, like early on. If you're still reading bedtime stories to your kids, you can throw some books with black kids in them, okay? This is not a difficult thing to do. These conversations suck, all right? But I still feel like you can have these conversations and allow your children to be children because that was an issue um, that I've read a lot of and that Aaron and I have come up against as well is that, you know, he's like, but I really want my kids to be kids. I don't want to keep talking to them about things that are happening in the world. And I'm like, wow, that must be nice to have kids that get to be kids. Like my eldest son is 14 years old and my biggest fear for him is him hanging out with his white friends and something happening like I don't know how much time my son has they he's he's 14 he's gonna be 14 this year and it's a terrifying thought that like while you're sitting there trying to figure out how you're gonna talk to your kids or if you should talk to your kids about this like my kids like life clock is fucking winding down like so no do it now do it all the time our kids don't get to be kids (laughs) they have matured way faster because they have all of these rules um and you know like they I can't say they don't get to be kids they do still get to be kids they just have a lot more pressure um than I would say their white counterparts they're going to be fine. Like, you can talk to your kids about racism and they can still have a beautiful long childhood. Like, okay, just do it. <laughs> Fucking I'm done with that. <laughs> um, if you are afraid to get it wrong, so fucking what? Do it anyway. Say the words anyway and then go back and correct them. Be like, the things that I learned weren't right. Here is the correct thing. Here is what a microaggression actually is. Here is why we don't say I don't see color and why this is, you know, not the right way to go. Like, it's okay to go back and, like, learn something new, change your opinion, change your idea, change, you know, the words that you said prior to this. It's okay. You're not perfect. You are not, like, infallible and... I think that your kids probably know that by now. I hope you're apologizing to your kids when you're wrong. So, like, just do that. Say, I said this. What I've learned since then is that this was incorrect and it is that instead. That's okay. Do that. Like, if you're worried about other people um, correcting you, if that is a fear suck it the fuck up. Like, I am done. (laughs) Like, do not come into my fucking DMs and be like, oh, I'm just, I'm afraid 
to say this. I'm afraid to answer this question. I'm afraid to participate in this discussion because what if it's wrong and someone corrects me? Then you're wrong and someone corrects you. Oh, well, maybe, like, I know I'm tired of being nice about it, but, like, I'm trying to do better about being nice. Some people don't give a fuck, and I don't blame them at all. Like, more power to you. However you come at anybody, I'm fucking with, honestly. Um, But, like, so what? You're corrected. Then apologize. Do better. Now you know better. Like, that is a good thing. You are being corrected. That's fine. You know, but odds are you probably are on the right track. And that's a good thing to know. Um especially for your black friends who are watching you like we are seeing you we are seeing the statements of solidarity that you are posting we are seeing the things that you are sharing we are seeing the things that you are liking we are seeing all the ways that you are being silent we are seeing all of that and i'm telling you right now that we are taking that silence as you not giving a fuck especially today i am using silence as a guide for me with our local businesses if they have not posted something that very clearly states we are you know we are stand in solidarity with black lives matter like we are we are doing better about being anti-racist and making sure that our establishment is such if i don't see that i have a list running now of those places that i will not go because those are not safe places for me that is that's a no. I'm not taking my kids there. That's it. Um, And so I'm using that also as a gauge in my friendships. Did, I mean, I don't have a list of those people, but like I'm seeing you and I'll do a quick, quick scroll through your Facebook or your Instagram. And if you didn't say Black Lives Matter at the very bare minimum, like I won't talk to you again. Like, we're, we're good. We don't have to have discussions on race ever. <laughs> you can find someone else to talk to because you are not a person that I trust my emotional safety or my physical safety or anything with. So you can go. That's it. So, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, do I just stay silent? Nobody wants to hear white people. Like, we're pretty tired of hearing you. That's, that's fair. But, like, now is the time. If this is something that you believe in, if equity is something that you believe in, then now is the time for you to say, hey, look, I stand for this. And if that's a problem for you, then you can go. Like, and if you cannot do that, then you're not ready for this work. Because I will tell you right now, I, my sister who passed away in 2018, I would unfriend her on Facebook weekly because she said she lived in Mississippi and she, again, raised with anti-black rhetoric um, and she was fair-skinned, you know, like olive-skinned in the sunshine. Um, And I would unfriend her on a regular fucking basis because she said something totally ignorant and super racist. And like, I would, that's it, you know? Like, it sucks now to think about it, but I don't have any regrets on like taking that time and disconnecting from something that was at that point toxic for me and was like really, really um, damaging to my person and my emotional stability. Um, and I don't, I, I will cut off my own mom. Like y'all think I'm fucking playing, but I will not stand for it from anybody. I love my partner beyond measure and I won't talk to him. I will be like, no, until you fix this, we're done talking. Like, I don't care. You have to be ready because people are going to fight you and it's going to be somebody that you like, probably. It'll be someone that you've had around for years, this really great friend, this really insightful person, and they're going to be like, all lives matter. And what are you going to do? I mean, you can educate them, sure. But if they're, if it's like talking to a brick wall, what are you going to do then? Like, if somebody, if they keep coming to you and they keep wanting to make the same argument, like, at some point, you're going to be exhausted and you're going to want to let it go. Probably. That's what I would do. (laughs) I don't even wait that long anymore. I'm just like, you know what? You're saying things that are just absolutely obtuse. You got to go. So, like, now is the time for you to speak up. Do it. I, like, regardless of like how you're feeling your fear like you you gotta you gotta let it go you gotta grow a backbone in this because this work is gonna tear you apart um and you cannot rely on black people like don't 
don't put your thoughts through to black people first to make sure that you're on the right track and then post it. Just post that shit. If you say something wrong, you'll be corrected. But most of the time, like, we're getting that everybody's pretty much getting there. Like, everybody's still doing work. Everybody's still learning, and which is fucking ridiculous as far as I'm concerned because we've been talking about this forever. Um, but, you know, whatever. Thanks for joining the fucking party, finally. Uh, I'm not bitter about that or anything. Um, just do it. You're going to learn. You're going to be able to do better. You're going to be able to teach someone else better. You're going to be able to teach your own children better. That is a good thing. So speak. It, what is the, the, the quote, speak even if your voice shakes? Speak even if your voice shakes. That's it. Um, another thing that I'd like to talk about is performative allyship which is my favorite fucking thing of the day because let me tell you something. Y'all are on that shit. Like, I know that it feels like posting the statement of solidarity is performative allyship. And in some cases, it definitely is. Like, you don't just throw the statement up there and then don't do the work. I'm seeing a lot of this with businesses, um, local and beyond. Big, huge companies that are like, oh, yes, we stand with black lives. But what kind of policies have they enacted for black people so that they can rest through this traumatic time? They have seen countless, I know I have seen countless videos and images of brutalized black bodies come across my timelines everywhere. How are these companies, how are your employers actually standing for black lives how are they taking care of their black employees so that's performative bullshit like if they're not working on that if they're not trying to be an anti-racist workplace then it's it's performative allyship and their statement of solidarity is bullshit um so i mean and i can't i i don't like nikon i i love nikon okay like my cameras have all been nikon's I am a Nikon devotee, and that that's where I am. Nikon posted a statement of solidarity. I don't work there, so I have no idea if they're, you know, actually, you know, like, if they're employing a lot of black people, if they are treating their black employees well. I have no idea, but what I can gauge is how many black creators, how many black photographers, how many black uh, photojournalists are they going to start featuring on their pages now? Um, how, how are they going to continue this discussion of race, um, and, and equity on their social media? Um, and like, if I have to sell my Nikon, that'll be a problem because I don't know if anybody else has done it, but like, I mean, I guess you don't have to sell your Nikon. Like it, it doesn't have to be like cancel culture. Like I could just not buy another Nikon later on. Or I can say, well, knowingly, like I do shoot with a Nikon camera. I know they're problematic, um, but like cameras are expensive. <laughs> I mean, there, <laughs> there, there are ways to go about that. Um, one of the big things that are definitely like an instance of, as of recent that I've come across of performative allyship is that um, on a friend's page, they'd posted something along the lines of do not buy your Black Lives Matter merchandise from white people. Like white people don't allow white people, and this is something that I've said as well, don't allow white people to appropriate and profit off of that appropriation. Like AAVE is ours, it's our black culture. Um, our imagery, our words, our art, our poetry, all of that is ours. And so do not put it on your goddamn t-shirts and then sell them. Don't do it. Like, just don't. That's how you are supporting black creators. That's how you're supporting black-owned shops. Um, you are allowing us an opportunity to use our own words, our own culture. And, um, like, sustain life with that. <laughs> um, you have plenty of other things that you can do. Like, don't, don't sell African kente cloth. <laughs> like, don't do that. Um, and the there was an immediate response from a white woman who owns a shop if i knew what the shop was i would put it on blast but i don't and i did go looking so i <laughs> so i don't have that information for you um 
And she was like, well, this white woman is going to do whatever the hell she wants and make whatever the hell she wants and sell whatever the hell she wants. Um, like supporting the movement is a big deal. Like it turns out that this person goes to protest. This person is, you know, a quote unquote ally. She Black Lives Matter. She's definitely making the gear. And she's like, yeah, you know, I support this movement. But then when told, here's why you don't do this, absolutely ignored it and just doubled down on her entitlement. That is performative allyship. And you can see how far it goes. She goes to the protests. She is and you know, a very vocal supporter of, you know, equity. And she is still being performative because she refuses to give up her entitlement, sacrifice what she thinks is, you know, her right to profit off of our movement. And she did not want to hear otherwise. She spoke over everybody else who was saying, this is not a right, this is not the right thing to do. This is not the right way to go about it. And absolutely refused to acknowledge her mistake and do better. So she is a performative ally. And I, one day I'm going to find her shop and I'm going to put that shit on blast everywhere because that's bullshit. But she's not the only person. She is not the only white person, white mom, white suburban human being with a fucking whatever cricket cricket machine who is trying to sell our culture to other white people and to us <laughs> i mean you know we have to do better about where we're buying things and how we're buying things um but that's on us and we're working on that um so stop that like it's cool to have a creative outlet um if someone black says to you, hey, I need six Black Lives Matter t-shirts in two hours, like if you can afford to give that to them, give it to them. If you're the only person who can make these shirts in two hours, then don't make a profit off of it. I don't care that you're taking the money. And it's not even, oh my God, that was the fucking funny thing, is that I asked very explicitly, well, did you charge this family extra for the two hour turnaround? And the response was no, I added $5 so that I could have something to donate. So she took the money, it sounds like, she took the money for her time and effort and material, but then charged them extra money so that she could donate the money instead of just taking all of that and donating it. Like I understand that maybe that's not something everybody can do. Like, but what the fuck? That's just, that is, what the fuck really um don't don't do shit like that oh my god please don't fucking do shit like that that's so annoying that's that's not even right um so like this is this is the kind of performative allyship that i'm talking about it's angering and honestly like it's especially difficult and disheartening when you see, like, people who show up with you at these protests but then don't want to, you know, not sell <laughs> merchandise that, like, has nothing to do with, like, their lives. They're just profiting off of the movement because, you know, right now everybody wants their Black Lives Matter shirts and they need them in two hours, you know? Like, it, this is... <sighs> this is where it's super frustrating. I, like... Honestly, eh, I had a falling out with a former acquaintance about something race-related because I, like, when I spoke to this person about, like, their response to a racist incident that I'd experienced, because their response was unwarranted. Like, I didn't ask for the, I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for an apology. I wasn't interested. And I said as much. And I sat with that for a while, and I was like, um... You know, am I just being a bitch right now? Am I just being rude and shitty? Um, or, like, but no. Like, it was important that this person knew that, like, their voice was not always necessary. And, like, this is not what I was asking for. This is not the response. But, like, you know, this person was sensitive or whatever. And, like, there was a whole thing. And I was like, look, chop, chop. Y'all can go. Like, I don't have to talk to you. And now that I know that you are not a safe person because you thought that I was too aggressive, I was angry about this, like, then y'all can really go. And so it's 
really frustrating for me now to see that person like in all of these anti-racist groups and like speaking up in the way that they're speaking and like oh well you know we don't always need to talk and I'm like are you fucking kidding me like with nary an apology like nothing but like good like at first I was hella bitter about it because I was like yo are you serious (laughs) like what the fuck that's so shitty um but good like now that I've sat with it it is a good thing that this person has taken maybe not even what I said because you know they probably forgot about it or whatever moved on and good for them um obviously I'm a grudge holder so so I'll be sitting here (laughs) um but they have taken this work on and they are doing the work that's fucking fantastic like I have no reason to be bitter or upset about it Like, an apology would be great, sure, but, like, I don't need that. This is apology. Like, to see them doing better and to be, like, vocal, that is good stuff. Um, So I know that, like, I know that it's been, like, a rough time for everybody. (laughs) Um, But, like, this is the kind of stuff that we need. This is the kind of growth that, like, we like to see. We need to see. Um, So... Don't be a performative ally. Like, put in the work. Do the things. Don't just throw up some graphics. Like, you don't have to be at the protests. You don't, you know. Um, Those are hard things to do. You don't have to be at every protest. You should show up to a couple. Like, uh, I I know that everybody's got, I have anxiety. I have depression. I have a million kids. Um, We're in the middle of a pandemic, which I I haven't forgotten. (laughs) Um, And... Like, okay, I get it. Like, everybody has their own struggle. Everybody carries the weight of their life differently. Um, but there's something that you can do. There's there's an hour on a good day that you can take to go to a protest and participate. Or in any capacity. You don't have to stand there with the protesters. You can give aid. You can bring water. You can bring supply and just drop it off. Like, that is, that's on the ground. You're seeing it with your eyes. You should witness a protest. Like, for damn sure, that is something that, like, has brought me to my knees in tears recently, is being at these protests, speaking at a rally myself, um, which I had never done before. Um, All of this has, like, really just the importance of these moments and the, the way that it has affected me and impacted me. Um, it's important for you to experience. So take an hour on a good day and show up. Like there's, I, I, I know that this is going to sound ableist, um, but I feel like a lot of people just use like some of these things as some of these ailments or disabilities or mental illness as an excuse not to do more work. Um, And I know that's not the case with everybody, but if you know in your heart that you are using this as an excuse, find an hour in a good day and take your ass out there. There is plenty of other stuff that you can do um, that's not protesting. Um, You can totally, absolutely just, um, you know, you can donate. I I think that there are a lot of... um, there are a lot of organizations and foundations now, GoFundMe's and whatnot, for like George Floyd's family, um, his daughter. Uh, there are, you know, countless petitions and stuff like that that like have a lot of like monetary need. Um, I think that those are being funded really well. I think that if you are seeing black women, especially because I see a lot more of us, and maybe that's just my own personal timeline because I do follow a lot of black women. Um, Like if you see a black person putting in the work and dropping knowledge and education in the comment section, in a tweet thread, in a Facebook post, like find out a way that you can send them some coin, like run them some coin because like... I know for me when, and I have a real hard time like accepting money from people. Like I think that that is, that's probably one of the harder parts of this is that people are just sending me money in my Venmo now and I'm like, nope, nope, I don't know what to do with this. Um, But honestly, 
um, like I take that and I either donate it beyond um, or like I use it for myself. I buy myself a cup of coffee. Uh, Starbucks just reopened. So like, you know, I'll probably be there all the time. Um, or I buy myself a pair of sneakers or things that I like for self-care <laughs> um, because it's hard. It's so exhausting. I'm so, so exhausted. Um, and so these are little ways that you can help us self-care. Um, and I, I, I don't see anything wrong with sending people money. Um, and I, I think that that's a, the right way to go about it. Or, you know, just saying, so, okay, if you don't have the money, because I know that, again, pandemic, um, a lot of people are furloughed. Um, a lot of people are still having trouble collecting un unemployment insurance, um, all of this. So you don't have the money to donate. Super fine also. Like, that is an okay thing. There are non-monetary ways that you can support this movement. You can, um, like, my... Uh, my sister, um, she is like flooding timelines everywhere with just petitions. I don't know if petitions are, I don't know if they work, um, but like she's spreading the word in her own ways and you can sign petitions, you can share petitions, you can, um, you can share words that other people are saying, like, I would really like it if you guys stopped sharing all of the videos of police brutality, but, you know, whatever. Y'all gonna do what you gonna do. Um, <laughs> um, but that's exhausting. <laughs> uh, so sharing words of knowledge in that other people are speaking, like, that's also a good thing. Or popping in and saying, hey, you know, I hadn't seen this perspective before. This is something that I learned in just reading this. Like making some sort of acknowledgement that you have grown from something that you've learned um, is really good. Not not saying, oh, well, you know, I read this three weeks ago and I went right out and helped a homeless family. Like, no, you know, but like saying, oh, this is a new perspective that you brought to me. This is some insight that I didn't have before and I appreciate that that's great. That's fine. Um, I think that that is helpful, honestly. Like when somebody sends me a message and they're like, hey, I've learned a lot of stuff from you over the years. I'm like, well, thank God, because it feels like I'm talking to fucking walls. But thank you. Like, <laughs> I'm grateful for that. Um, and join other organizations. Um, showing up for racial justice allows every ally and accomplice so if you're white, if you're a person of color, you can join the showing up for racial justice. Um, they're like, they've got listservs and they've got groups and stuff like that. Our, like we even have a local one here, which continues to shock the entire fuck out of me. Um, black Lives Matter movement, that is just for black people, people of color. So, and that's, you know, that's that. But you can still, like, support them by uplifting their messages and, like, or amplifying their messages and stuff like that. Um, but really, like, um, oh, and don't give your money to Sean King. Like, I know that, like, I know that he is, like, a light-skinned, sort of fine-looking dude who's saying a lot of words that sound like the right thing. But, like, he does not account for where that money goes. Do not give your money to Sean King. D don't do that. Please don't do that because that does not help. Don't waste your money. Like, give your money to someone else. <laughs> like, if you read something from Sean King and you learn something from Sean King, find another black person who has, like, just one of your friends and be like, look, here's $5, I learned something from Sean King. <laughs> Take that money and donate it to the Black Lives Matter movement or something. Like, do not give your money to Sean King. <laughs> Straight up, please don't do that. <laughs> we don't claim him. <laughs> um, this is, like, these are the ways that you can become, like, a better ally. Um, I, I honestly, I feel like allyship is not the goal. 
I, I that's that's bullshit. That's such a small thing. That's base of the mountain stuff. That's bare minimum allyship. Um, what we need are accomplices. So when you see those videos of a black man kneeling in the middle of the street and the white person goes in front of that man and blocks him from the police, that's an accomplice. Not only are you showing up, but you're putting your body on the line. And I know that sounds really scary because I think about Aaron doing something like that. And Aaron is a father. Aaron is my partner. And he is, he's got a lot of friends and people who love him. And to lose him would be like, it would be an outstandingly tremendous loss. And that is an awful thing to think about. Um, God, ugh. But like, this is the kind of strength and bravery that we are asking for. We put our lives, black people put our lives, our children's lives on the line every single day. And I mean, we can just be sleeping in a black neighborhood. Breonna Taylor was shot eight fucking times to death. She did nothing illegal. It was the wrong address. And none of this has been acknowledged. Like, <laughs> we, we are fucking putting our lives on the line by sleeping. Our children, um, I know mine, can't go play out around here because, I mean, we don't live in a... It's not, like, just white. We have some diversity in our neighborhood. But my kids are boisterous, and they're loud. And, like, if somebody calls the cops on my sons, like, that that could be a death sentence for them. These local police are not without their bullshit. Like, they have been racist in the past and haven't have not acknowledged that at all. Um, like, we are doing this on a regular basis just by doing everyday things. It is okay for you to show some courage, to be brave, and to put your bodies on the line too. Like, that is what we need. We need more people who are there and ready to fight, like, ready to get some fucking, like, start a riot. That's what we need. Um, and that is an accomplice. That is the, I will never stop fighting for you. I will fucking scream my lungs out for you. I will bleed for you. We will do this shit together. Like, we're going to go down with this motherfucking ship. That's, that's an accomplice. That is not an ally. An ally is I. That's like stage one, whatever. You know, it's like, it's like the pupil stage. <laughs> um, and that's, that's fine. That's helpful. That's helpful in getting the word out. But, like, what we need are accomplices. Um, you know, people who are going to die on this hill. Uh, that's what we need. Um, so I think that I have covered enough to get you started. If there are words or whatever that you don't understand, please look them up. Don't ask me. <laughs> like this is part of the this is part of, of the process is doing the work, looking things up, um, reading more work from Black people especially is helpful. I mean, you can you can find out what a microaggression is in the space of a tweet. So like, th there's there's a world of information out there for you. And, like, it is imperative because people are going to challenge you. And, like, don't go to a black person and ask them for the answer to pass along. Like, you have to be able to find the answer for yourself. Um, if you've got confusion after that and you want to clarify, I'm on Twitter. I am Mayfufu, M-A-E-F-O-O-F-O-O, -O -O -O, on Twitter. I'm also that on Instagram. So, like, hit me up. That's fine. Like, if you have other, like, further clarification necessary. Um, but like, I'm going to ask you if you did the work. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you, well, where did you look? <laughs> um, and mostly out of curiosity and also to make sure that like, I'm not doing the work for you. Like, it's not like math. I <laughs> where like, I get so frustrated that I'm just like, look, here's the answer. <laughs> um, you know, so put in the work, look these things up, um, and get started like, I know that it's hard to overcome fear as a person with anxiety. I, like, I have a meeting this evening um, 
with our like our local black women have gotten together we organized a rally this is the one that i spoke at um like a week ago and we are having like a dish to pass like safely distanced uh sort of like follow-up like what's next and let me tell you it is 9 12 in the morning this meeting is at five o'clock this like tonight and i'm like nah man what if i just don't go like what if they just zoom me in or whatever like i am having such a hard anxiety day that I really don't want to put myself in a position where I'm just being more anxious and awkward because I am an awkward human being. But like, we're going to do this anyway. I'm, unless like something happens like that's drastic, like an injury or something, uh, we've got to pick up my children later. So like if we have to go get them earlier or something like that, like then, then sure, an actual reason for not being able to go because I still won't bring the kids anywhere because of pandemic. Um, and, I mean, Aaron could sit with them or whatever, but, you know. Uh, so, like, I'm going to go. And I'm going to go because I'm afraid. I'm going to go because I'm feeling anxiety about this. Um, and so if you are feeling anxious, if you are feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling upset, like, sit with that. Figure out why you're feeling these things and then find a way to get the fuck up and get the fuck over that and like fight this shit head on like I know I've been told my whole life we'll get over it it doesn't work that way um like you're not gonna get over the entire anxiety but you can get through it like you can work with it you can hold your anxiety by the hand and jump through the hoop together like that's what I mean by get up and and do it like, not get over it, but get through it. <laughs> Better wording. Not get over it. I know that shit doesn't work. That's that's wrong. <laughs> you see? Look, I was wrong. I apologize. Not get over it. Get through it. Hold it by its hand. Take it with you. Um, and, you know, fight it out. Like, this is important work. We, we need change. We need big, big, big change. And it's not going to happen now. It's starting to happen it's barely beginning to bubble the change that we need um and like this movement cannot do anything without the support of white people because nobody fucking listens to us nobody listens to us and so maybe if a few of y'all actually listen to us and actually show up like we can start to see some change um, we can start to see more people listening. Um, and that would be very helpful, <laughs> uh, you know, in the simplest sense. That would be incredibly helpful. Um, so that's, I think that's all I have, honestly. Um, at some point, I will bring Aaron into this conversation. Um, we will have a conversation about, like, all the ways that, like, um, like all the things he reads and all of the ways that we have had contention on this subject and like what he's learned and what he's done um, and all of that other fun stuff. Like I'm sure it'd be nice to have a conversation, but I didn't want to have a conversation here. Like I, I wanted to just say like, this is what I as a black woman, I know I need. This is what um, I'd like to see. I don't speak for every black person, obviously, because fucking Candace Owens is Mm, we don't claim her either um like there are some things that like some black people need that like may not agree with what it is that like I think predominant needs are um so you know whatever <sighs> just do better we need we need this movement to survive and we need this to push through and we need change um, because I know that I am tired of being tired. I'm tired of seeing black bodies brutalized. Um, and I'm tired of hearing white people justify why that happens. I'm tired of hearing you guys <laughs> justify and blame, like, murder on the people who have been murdered <laughs> it doesn't make sense it's angering um and like that starts with this stuff this starts with taking a look at yourself and actually starting out as an ally 
and then growing into an accomplice. Um, so do that. Do that. Do that for your children. Do that for our children. Do that so that your children don't murder ours. Do that. Um, again, I'm on the Twitter. M-A-E-F-O-O-F-O-O if you have further questions or if you just want to yell at me because I assume that that's probably going to happen at this point. Um, and if I said something wrong, please feel free to correct me. I 100% come, come with it. I appreciate knowing and doing better myself. I am not infallible just because I'm black. Um, <laughs> so, you know, come, please come tell me. Instagram is the same. Um, I will probably pop this up pretty quickly, but we are going to resume our, whatever we start was our regular schedule on like Saturday. <laughs> I think it's like bi-weekly Saturday. I don't know what we picked. Um, so you will be hearing from Aaron and I again shortly. Um, but I am going to put this up now. So, you know, you'll get sick of us and then we'll like stop recording this podcast and, <laughs> and then it'll be great. Um, okay. So... There's that. Take all of this information, please. Do something with it. Um, and I hope I see you on the ground. Not like that, like not bad on the ground, but like, you know, out there fighting protests. Wow. <sighs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>